Good morning. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for downloading this episode of Parks and Conversation. And this is a rewatch and talk about podcast where we rewatch Parks and Recreation. And then I, Jason, and my friend Jeremy, we talk about it. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, it is. It is definitely a day. Yep. That's all I can say about it. So as we are recording this, the world is crazy. And so it's nice to escape to a crazy world with no consequence and to watch this classic, classic show with our friends in Pawnee, Indiana. And uh, I do want to thank the person on iTunes who gave us five stars in the in a rating. So currently we have a perfectly rated podcast. Oh, so sweet. thank you. Oh, awesome. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else can say that, but at, at this time, we just have the one rating, and so we're doing great. Doing great. Maybe maybe we should just quit now and go out on top. Well, you know. Just retire. We should, totally. Just say, hey, we're, we, uh, we, we reached all the goals we wanted to reach, and now we're going to spend more time with our podcast families. Our, our podcast families? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means, but. Why not? Why? Why the heck not? You know, uh, but today we can't let's not get too far down the road of early retirement. I mean, we're not Michael Jordan. Um, and so let's talk about season two, episode five, Sister City. I'm in. All right. This is I feel like every week I come on this podcast and I say something like this may be my favorite episode. But legitimately. I do think this may be my favorite episode of all of Parks and Recreation. Yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, top five, like this is definitely in top five contention. The the heart, the the real struggle will be when we get to um, little Sebastian's story arc. There mm. are several episodes that uh, really just spark joy in my heart. And so um, because I have always preferred never mind i'm not going to say the line right now um, uh, one, one thing i thought was interesting is that this it's a standalone it's kind of a a standalone episode like this i i don't think there's anything in this entire episode that moved any of the the last season and a half's plot forward like the 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 main plots other than other than there is they they are talking about the park which is good but as far as the characters go it was just very, you could just kind of pick this up and watch it. Like you could introduce somebody to Parks and Rec if you wanted to, I feel. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That is an accurate assessment, I think. This oh, would be a good, a good jumping on point. If you're like, I don't know if my friends are going to like the first season of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Watch this one first. Yeah. Then go back. Start here. Maybe. I don't know. It's darker. It's the darker timeline. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in this episode... Uh, Pawnee is welcoming the parks delegation from uh, Venezuela. Uh, oh, what's the city name? I didn't write down the city name. Baracua. Uh, Baracua, Venezuela. And this delegation is led by comedy genius Fred Armisen, who plays Raul. And, uh, and they have come as a way of building solidarity between the two cities, the two countries. Um, did you ever have this experience in the town you grew up in? Did you guys have a sister city in another in another country? No. Okay. 
<laughs> my we did. Uh, oh, okay. Tell me about Kirkland. it. Let me tell yeah. you about it. Yeah. Um, my brother played football for Lake Washington High School in Kirkland, Washington, and we have a sister city in Japan. And uh, my brother had the opportunity to go to Japan and play football against the Japanese football team. Oh, please, please tell me more about the story. <laughs> can, they, we just, can we just stop our podcast now and just talk about this? Well, they did not do well, the other team. Uh-huh. Um, my, my, I don't know about if you know this about Americans, um, but one of the things that's revealed in this episode is, you know, America is very good at making fat babies. And our American football team was very much larger in many ways. Than, Around like basketballs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, they, they crushed them. Um, but then my brother told me later that they had the opportunity to practice sumo with some, you know, high school sumo team and they got stumped. So, you know, different countries, good at different things, different expertises, expertise. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, but that, so every time I think about sister city stuff, I always think about, uh, about that. Like it's a real thing. And you send people back and forth between countries and you say, this is going to build solidarity, but really it's, it doesn't. If you go, (laughs) if you go down to the waterfront in Edmonds, there is a, uh, a kind of a totem pole carving. Um, and when I first started doing video work, I was sent down there to record the unveiling of that totem pole because it was part of a gift from Edmonds sister city uh, in which is also in Japan. Um, I'm going to butcher the name he- uh, Hekinon, Hekinon, Japan. And uh, that, yeah, yeah. And I always, I always wondered why the totem pole. Uh, I think there was an explanation, but uh, I, I don't remember it. And that's the end of the story. Well, there is a gift giving that happens between sister cities and different countries and stuff like that. And so maybe they just were like, "Hey, this, this is something that we know happens in America. Do you want another one?" <laughs> do you want another totem pole i don't know yeah. uh yeah because we don't have enough we we could use more especially now town Edmonds. yeah when i went to alaska last year this is totally different um i went to up to alaska and they have um the first nations people that the um they they make totem poles and they're awesome and they made a totem pole uh during the 1860s that was because they were mad at Abraham Lincoln um, for, you know, emancipating the the slaves, but not like undoing systemic racism for uh, First Nations peoples. OK. And so they made a totem pole that was making fun of Abraham Lincoln. And it's still there today. It's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's that's, a, that's great. That, that's the best kind of protest. That's great. Like this is what we do, and also this is our cartoon version of you in our right. art. That's it's and perfect. it's really high up, so people can't just get up to it and deface it. So that's really smart. Yeah, there. You know, a lot of good ideas. If you if you really want to burn somebody, get cut down like a thirty foot cedar tree and spend five years carving something, and then you know put it somewhere, and they can't do anything to you. Because they probably already forgot why you're mad at them. So, I don't know. Anyway, so this episode, 
starts with uh, Leslie um, asking uh, the the team, you know, to help her with the outfit, trying to figure out like what do we do? We're welcoming foreign dignitaries, um, and she wants to get everything right. And in the cold open, she says, uh, Pawnee, "Pawnee doesn't do well with foreign visitors," and it cuts to a mural of the Pawnee Zoo, and it has a um, what looks like a stereotypical European Jewish person. And they are in a cage and underneath the, the captive caption for the, what what's in this cage, it just says unknown. Um, because Pawnee is like, it's a joke on the ignorance of Pawnee. And, uh, her re- reply to that is this time, our guests are going to stay in a hotel for sure. <laughs> so I love, I love that the, the, the guy in the cage is just, placidly reading a book yeah like this is what happens yeah well this is this is where i live now this is the world with the bison Uh, yeah so um yeah so that's the the cold open um and then it cuts to the team out after credits they're out on the steps well ready to welcome the delegation and this is arguably the most depressing like public reception i have ever seen it's five people on some stairs in a way too shiny day. It's too bright. It's too, too sunny. Everything about it is just like, no one's comfortable right now. Jerry's in charge of the music. Right. Which is just a CD player. Um, and then they're like, well, we, at this moment, this is when Leslie's like, what if they don't speak English? These are people from a different country. What if they don't speak English? And they go and ask April, um, do you speak Spanish? And she does. And she says, essentially, Leslie, you have no life because you put all of your energy into work. And Leslie doesn't know what she's saying, which is like, that sounds great. Um, and April actually, uh, in looking up trivia for this episode, she um, she tells us in the show that her mom is Puerto Rican and um, she is. Uh, her father is originally from Puerto Rico in real life, Aubrey Aubrey Plaza's father. So, um, but then also Fred Armisen is playing a Venezuelan. And I was nervous about this because I was like, is he like, is he really? I don't know. What kind of last name is Armisen? And so looking it up, I found out that he, his mother is from Venezuela. And so I was like, all right, he is, he is Venezuelan. So he can, he can tell these jokes and have fun and be Venezuelan because he is Venezuelan and that that was a relief to me personally so yeah oh man I had no idea glad you're okay I am okay uh so at the introductions uh Raul Elvis Antonio introducing people and then there's one more person on their group and uh uh, (laughs) I love that he's just like Fred Armisen uh, Raul says he is our intern. Pay no attention to him. He's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> they brought in a worthless intern on an international trip. And uh, but April is also an intern at the Parks Department. And so this creates a bit of a connection between the two, um, which is an ongoing thread throughout this episode. Yeah, well, and they, they also brought their their administrator of hedges. Right. Yeah. Did you catch all the titles? No, uh, I missed the first one. Then it was just, it was just the Elvis was the hedges minister of hedges. Yeah. So great. 
I love I loved it right away. As soon as Brett Armisen came out, I was like, this is going to be I remember the first as I was watching this, this is going to be fantastic. The first time I watched it and I was not disappointed at all. Um, so. The Venezuelan uh, committee, they are being greeted. They are like really de- like bummed out, like everything about this is not good. Um, and then they point to Tom and they say, can you get your servant to get uh, our bags? And Wesley's like, chill. They're a different culture. You know, don't don't be offended. But Tom is upset. And then uh, <laughs> but he gives him money. Uh, Raul gives him money for his troubles. And Tom is immediately like, I'm on board. Yeah. And so th- throughout this episode, then Tom will continually be doing menial tasks for these guys because they keep giving him hundred dollar bills to as a tip for his services. Um, yeah, so that's really great. And then also they are expecting a party and they think that means that they will be able to uh, select any women uh, from town to to be with that evening, um, <laughs> which they are, uh, the you know, the Pawnians are shocked by this. Um, Donna, they... Raul and is it Elvis? I can't remember who's who. Um, but Raul and Elvis, they both choose uh, Donna to be their woman. And uh, Donna's like, I've been to South America. I did very well there. So that was also a funny line. So, um, what else? I, I feel like I'm flying through and we're only like two minutes into this episode. So, oh yeah. Uh, two, two minutes and oh, oh, not of the show, not the podcast. No, like there's so much happening really quickly in this episode of parks and rec. There's, yeah. a, there's a, just so many jokes per minute. Um, so then they go into the, uh, the alleyway in between the buildings, the, the plaza in between the buildings in the city hall. Um, the intern is flirting with April and he's talking about how prominent their roles are in the government in Venezuela, that it's a sought after position. Um, and April's like, yes, I too am very powerful. And Jerry comes asking for help. And, and she's like, no, Jerry, leave me alone. And he goes away. And so the intern Johnny is uh, impressed by April's power over this man. Um, and then th- this is where the gift giving happens, where, uh, Raul gives a gold plated replica of the gun that, uh, uh, Chavez used to drive out the oppressors. Um, and then that's when Leslie gives her theory of, of gifts, which is like, you don't want to do anything too fancy to embarrass somebody. And so they give, uh, corn syrup from Sweden's candy factory. And Kernston's rubber nipples taste just like the real thing. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Armisen's or Raul's response is, thank you for this jug of sap and this bag of garbage. Because um, <laughs> he is not impressed by this gift at all. And then he completely roasts Pawnee in their, their welcome speech, um, talking about how the plaza is a deserted alleyway and then also how their other sister city in North Korea is way nicer. And so everything about what's going on is terrible in their, uh, 
in their uh, assessment of the city of Pawnee so far. I love that Ron right. is like nowhere to be found this entire time. He's like in one shot, he's, he's kind of looking through the window in the background. Right. He's, he's just not, he's not there. Right. And he tells us why, like he doesn't want to be associated at all with, um, Chavez and Venezuela, but he is impressed with that gun. <laughs> so, uh, which for years is him playing with that gun in the show is going to be his, his clip in the credits mm-hmm. is him like shooting, like holst- like what is the unholstering the gun? Is that the Draw- drawing? Drawing the gun, yes. So, which is pretty great. Uh, it is a pretty sweet gun. Um, in the courtyard conversation as well, we meet Mark and and they're there for some reason. Um, and one of the guys says, "And what do you do?" And he says, "I'm a city planner." Uh, again, another great job. The city was planned. <laughs> when I came in from the airport, I saw a school next to a Taco Bell. <laughs> like everything is just like randomly put together. It's a taxi um, parlor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, ah, it was so good, so great. These guys are doing a really good job of showing how terrible Pawnee is. And you know, when you think about it, like if you grow up in a town, like it's just the way it is. And it's not until you come like somebody comes from out of town and you're like, like, wow, that's kind of different and weird that you see the the strangeness of your town. Right. And, and so having this Venezuelan delegation come, uh, they are they're like us in that, like, they're also foreigners to Pawnee. And so we see the strangeness of Pawnee and and they're seeing it as well. They're just pointing it all out in a way that is rude and offensive. Well, and it's, and it's your town and no one is allowed, like you can make fun of your town. You can make fun of, you know, the, the terrible buildings or the weird things that happen in your town. But if anybody else does, you get very defensive. It's like your family, you know, like people, other people can't pick on your family. I mean, you can. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I felt about this whole episode. It's like, yeah, this is all true, but Leslie gets very defensive. Well, she's defensive anyway, but. Yeah. Don't mess with Pawnee. Right. No, Pawnee's the best. And uh, yeah, so over and over again, they keep saying things about Pawnee that makes her more and more upset. Um, so then Leslie gives them a little tour of the um, of the Parks Department. And uh, they're sitting at the table. Tom comes in with a banana and uh, Raul's like, feel it. And he gives him money. And, and again, more demeaning uh, activity for Tom. Um, and Leslie t- brings them over to the, the thermometer, showing them their progress in raising funds for the um, for the park that she's trying to build. Fill in the pit, build a park. That's her goal. And the Venezuelans laugh at the concept of the budget shortage. Um and unless he's like, I guess I don't understand. He's like, really? My English was quite clear um, because they have tons of money and uh, the money comes from oil and uh, which is which was true for Venezuela. They have great oil uh, reserves and the government had a lot of money. And as you can see in the news, Venezuela is falling apart because they were terrible. Um, the, the government. Um but I, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole sh- in the whole episode as he's trying to explain to Leslie 
um, when he says, talking about Venezuela, he's like, Venezuela, Venezuela, my country. And he points to the flag on his uniform, my, Venezuela, my country. Um, they are rich with oil and oil is food for cars. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so she's like, well, all right, we're going to blow them away. We're going to take them to our best park, Ramsit Park, which comes up again and again as like the best park in all of Pawnee. And uh, um, I love their response to um, to when they get to the park. Um, they say, uh, this is the, the pit that you're trying to fill in. <laughs> you're, you're wise to want to fill this in. Yeah. <laughs> Why are the trees so small? <laughs> Our trees are huge. We build tunnels through them. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. They're just so mean. Um, but on the way to the park, uh, I think it's important to point out that uh, I, even in these little interactions, um, you know, they have this opportunity to highlight how much better their life is in Venezuela compared to Pawnee. And uh, they're talking about TV. And he says, I have every, uh, Raul says, I have everything in Venezuela. I, my, I have three satellite dishes. I have 14,000 channels. I know who wins Project Runway. Um, and let's say, like, well, I'm going to come over and watch it then. He's like, no, I'm still very much interested in the large black woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so, they're just so awfully mean. So, um, yeah, so park doesn't work out. So instead they go to a town forum, uh, which is where the ideas shine brightly through yelling. Um, and, uh, and Armisen, Fred Armisen and his old gang, they are blown away by how, uh, rude the, the people of Pawnee are like, this is where you're having a meeting in an old, in a school, like gym cafeteria thing. And, uh, and they're like, we need to do all our meetings in citadels and palaces and fortresses. Um, but then he also talks about how, like all the yelling, like this would never happen in Venezuela. And, uh, he lists why, because they go to jail and, uh, all of the different reason he then cuts away to a talking head where he gives all the different reasons that, uh, people go to jail. Um, and, uh, I had the, uh, a quote here. Oh, no, it's gone. Anyway. Um, yeah. Which if you, is your favorite reason for going to jail? Oh, yeah. In, in this episode. Well, let's, let's list them. If you, if you shout, you go to jail. There's a special place for journalists in jail. If you steal straight to jail, if your music is too loud, jail, if you drive too fast, jail, slow jail. Uh, if your prices are too high, um, for sweaters or glasses, jail, um, if you undercook fish, surprisingly jail, if you overcook chicken jail, undercook, overcook, uh, if you make an appointment with a dentist and you don't show jail, they have the best patients in the world because of jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Um, overcook, undercook. It's different. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, I like if your prices are too high for, you know, sweaters or glasses. <laughs> like why, why those things? So yeah, I think that was my, that was my favorite reason. <laughs> like some of the other ones make kind of makes, I know the journalist thing is, is kind of a dig on, on the whole communist thing, but like, you know, shouting and stealing and too loud of music and drive, but then, then it just gets ridiculous. And that's great. Fred Armisen is a pro. He's so funny. He's so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which one was yours? Uh, my favorite is the, uh, overcook undercook. Yeah. That's... 
So, uh, yeah, so good. Um, so they are, um, so after that talking head, they talk more about how they just are disgusted with Pawnee. Um, it's not personal. We think that you are weak and your city is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how, that's the whole thing of like, you know, no offense. I mean, you're a moron. No offense. Like, oh, oh, well, okay. When you put it like that, that's fine. And one of the things is when you are interacting with like people from another country, like, you know, there, there are some times where it's like, you really don't know how offensive what you're saying is in our culture. You know, that happens. And so part of it is like, this could, Leslie keeps like playing it off. Like they don't know, they're not from here. They don't know how offensive what they're saying is. But as we come to find out, they do know um, exactly what they're doing. And so, um, so Leslie disrespects Chavez and they are like, we're out of here. We're leaving. Fine. We're going to go. And they start to take the pens off the table, (laughs) which is so funny. (laughs) Like they just take... Fred Armstead just picks up pens and gives one to each of his guys. And they're like, those are our pens. Like, fine, we don't need them. <laughs> and they leave. Um, and so it cuts to the next day. And uh, we see Ron in a suit because he's getting ready for a photo op um, talking about like how frustrating this is and like how mean they were to uh, Leslie's like, I don't want to do this. He's like, all right, I'll call the mayor and cancel the, the photo op. It's like, no, we need to do this. Okay, then you need to apologize to the Venezuelans. No, I don't want to do that. And it's like, do you see the problem here? Like, Ron is so chill about everything. He's like, I can't fix you, Leslie. I can't fix you. So um, so they go ahead and Leslie apologizes to the, the delegation. And they surprise her that the government of Venezuela has authorized them to give them a check for $35,000. And, uh, and so this is a generous gift, but this comes after they talk about their own problem. Like they're saying, you know, we were very jealous of our colleagues who went to Miami and so they're apologizing for their attitude. But then they also are saying Miami is also better than Pawnee. Everything about Miami is great. They're partying with Dwayne Wade. They are, um, the cars are really nice. Everything about uh, Miami is great. We're jealous. But here's thirty five thousand um, dollars, and and and, and Pani, Pani is good too. I mean, it's very be- yeah, it's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Um, and so then, so Leslie takes the check, and they the, again start taking pens. <laughs> and like, All right, it's like, good it's like, are we good here? Yeah, we're good. Okay, <laughs> we're just gonna take these pens now. It's like a symbol of ownership. Like, if we have your pens, we win. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what I do. Any meeting I go into, any bank, I'm, I always ask, you know, banks, can I have this and take this? And uh, yeah, I own a lot of hotels now. Yeah, uh, me too. We had a, uh, this is not in any way connected to parks and recreation. So perfect. would you allow a, a brief divergence? I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, I used to work for Long's Drugs. And in our uh, customer service training, we watched a video called Give Them the Pickle. <laughs> now, I think, I think there should be a second uh, training video right after that, but go on. <laughs> and I, I had this job when I was a junior in high school. And I knew as I was watching this, this is not a good title. 
<laughs> like this is not going to go well. And the basic premise is like so many different companies, like, uh, you know, restaurants, banks, they, they try to give the customer as little as possible. Right. So if you want pickles, it's going to cost you extra. If you want the pen from the bank, no, it's on that chain at the desk. You can't even take the pen. And this guy was like, when I go see one of those, I just rip the, the, the chain right off the things. Like you should always give the pen. And, uh, and then also the restaurants, he wanted to order pickles and he would have to pay extra. And that's when he coined his phrase, always give them the pickle. And, uh, I about lost it in that warehouse watching that video with my friend, Joey. This that, is not, was, okay. he, was the old guy, Mr. Long, Mr. No, no, it was not the founder of Long's drugs. It was captain forgettable. Um, and just generic white business and like inspirational speaker. So did they do yeah. a reenactment of him, like going into banks and ripping pens off the chain? That would have at least made it good to watch. No, it was him. It was literally an hour long speech of him just in front of, you know, people who are hungry for inspiration for their jobs. So that's where that phrase comes from off the chain. Like when somebody rips a pen from a bank off the chain. And that's exactly. why you that's why you don't see him anymore, because everyone is just off the chain. Exactly. Okay. And, and, you, and you can't go in banks anymore. Right. Well, that. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on. So they keep they keep sending me pens on chains in like in envelopes. Now I understand why. <laughs> so I, have, I, have all the, I, have, I have all the pen chains in the world. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thank you for allowing that divergence. So and now we're back to talking about this. Uh, so rest, Leslie uh, has this check and she's wrestling with whether or not they should take it because it's from a foreign government and you know, like, what does this say? And Ron is like, listen, take the money. These guys are going to leave and then we're going to build the park. It'll be, it's all wins. This is easy. Mm -hmm. And so at the photo op, Raul is asking Leslie if they would do a brief uh, video saying, thank you for this money. And, uh, and uh, the key thing is, you know, he's like, Viva Venezuela. And he wants Leslie to say Viva Chavez. And she is not willing to Viva that guy is what she says. Just one, just, just one little Viva. Yeah, one little Viva. We gave you $35,000. That's worth one little Viva. And so she mumbles, Viva Chavez. Um, and, uh, and then she just like feels dirty. As soon as she says it, you could see it in her, yeah. her whole body language. Like, that was good. Ugh. Um, and so she goes over and the delegation is speaking in Spanish into the video. Um, and, uh, so she's like, April, what are they saying? And, uh, that's when she finds out that this whole thing has been an elaborate prank from Venezuela. It is, these guys are a part of the committee to humiliate and embarrass America. And they have come to Pawnee with the sole express like goal of embarrassing American government officials and making America look weak. And, uh, and so Leslie hears them and like confronts them. She rips up the check and, you know, like kicks them out, ends the photo op. It's all good. But now they do not have that $35,000 that they need to build the park. And so we're left at a, at a bit of a quandary. What will happen? And as Leslie is talking about her experience, it cuts to Tom 
who has been getting money from the Venezuelans for all kinds of uh, the menial tasks that they were telling him to do. And Tom takes that money and he donates it to the park. Oh, like, Tom, Tom, you're a good dude. Way to see the right thing to do in this situation and do it. And so, yeah, I was like, I, Tom Haverford, you're a total sleazeball, but at least you're a good total sleazeball. Yeah, you're the best kind of sleazeball. <laughs> the best. Simply the best. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where the show ends. They still don't have the $35,000. The Venezuelans are going back to Venezuela. And, uh, and Tom has given his money to donate to the park. And this is where we're at. Credit scene. April went to Johnny's place in Venezuela. And it is a palace. He's an intern. He's got guards. He's got people. Uh, and she's like, it's all right. It's I guess it's better than my mom's place. Oh, yeah. And Donna's here. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Hola. <laughs> all Donna says, hola. <laughs> so, yeah. So April does end up going to Venezuela, spend time with Johnny. And uh, yeah, it's that's Sister City. Uh, season two, episode five. Um, there are so many reasons that I love this episode and I, uh, I hope we covered them. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to cover on this there? Mr. Uh, Jeremy? No, no, not really. I mean, the one, the one joke that I kind of like that they set up was, uh, when they were explaining about the, um, committee to shame, humiliate and shame America. Um, and Leslie confronts him and he says, well, yeah, this is Hugo Chavez's passion project. Um, you guys could, you know, use some of the money, make a, put a fountain in your park of Chavez's head where the water's coming right. out of his mouth. So he's yeah. like spitting at you. Um, and so, and then that's all of the other stuff happens. And, and it's towards the end where, uh, when Leslie's talking and Tom puts the money in and she's talking about how, you know, we don't have to do that. And we're never going to put a part, uh, a head of Hugo Chavez in our park, spitting at our people unless they want it. And that, and I thought that was so funny because that's, that is Leslie. It's like, it wasn't, it wasn't the Hugo Chavez head. It wasn't the fact that, you know, that wasn't the thing that made her mad. It was that it wasn't like the people didn't want it. Like she is very much about democracy and Hey, if, if they want that, that's on them. So I, right. I, I, I like that joke. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, no, I, I, I covered it. Great. So your, what would you say your, your favorite, your favorite joke was food for cars. Well, what like when he says to her, Venezuela, Venezuela, my country. Oh, yeah. Uh, and points to the flag on his uniform. I love that. Just that talking, just makes me laugh. Talking down to her so much. <laughs> right. Like, we know you're from Venezuela. Um, but he is so, like, demeaning. Um, and, yeah. like, that, that is, like, I think the perfect epitome of his demeaning attitude. Um, you know, my, my wife, like, they grew up, they had uh, exchange students from time to time. And, you know, different cultures don't sometimes realize how demeaning they sound. And they had this exchange student from Germany who, like, talked down to the whole family all the time. And they were like, does he know how awful he is? Um, you know, and so, like, seeing this, like, it was just like, yeah, there's, there's a definite cultural, cultural gap that happens where people just like, I don't know how to respond to what's happening right now. Man, I don't uh, know. You, I mean, you keep saying like you, people aren't always aware of how they come across, you know, from different cultures. And I, there are people 
in my culture who I don't think are aware of how they come across. Well, that is accurate. I'm just trying to be nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay. I guess. I guess. I mean, it, with like if if it is something someone in your own culture, like you know, like that person knows they're being a jerk. Or they are a jerk and I know they're being a jerk. That's different than saying in when you're working with somebody from like cross culturally where it's like, I don't know if they know. Are you are you being a jerk right now? Like me? No, no, no. Like that's that's so that's I guess that's what you're saying. It's like you can't just ask someone from another culture, it's like, wait, are you being mean? <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Whereas like, if you're like, I, and you know, I am, uh, you know, I have people who work for me, you know, I'm an uh, overseer of people. And so there are times and meetings where I can just say like, what you're saying is inappropriate. And I have a position of, you know, authority where I can like call it out. And, um, you know, so maybe I'm coming from that place of privilege where I can like actually say like, no, that's not cool. But a lot of times we can't, we don't know if we can say that to anybody where we can say like, that's not an an appropriate response to what just happened. Um, You know, so I think Leslie is in this in between where it's like, she's not really an authority figure. You know, she's a sub leader and her boss doesn't want to be involved at all. Well, and 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 it's just, is her character too, where she just tries to see the good in everybody, no matter what. Right. Yeah. So she's constantly trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, even if they don't deserve it. Right. And um, she's trying to be a political force in her town, but she doesn't know what she's doing. And so and she has no real oversight because Ron just lets her do whatever she wants because he doesn't want to do anything. And uh, yeah, so she's in an interesting place. But I do like that she stands up for herself. Right. Eventually, she gets to the point where it's like, no, I, the $35,000, like my dignity is not worth $35,000. And that's the thing about Leslie throughout this entire series that we find out is like, she eventually does do the right thing. Like that's, you know, there are some people who just, who won't do the right thing, even when they know, and even if she's wrong, she'll come around, she'll apologize, do the right thing. And, you know, she gives grace, gives grace, give, and then by the end, it's like this, you can only go so far, you know? So that's, that's, uh, I like her character for that, that reason. So she, she gives as much hope as we can, you know, have you can have for somebody and then that's it. They've used it up. Yeah. Even, even Leslie Nope has a limit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when she gets there, she is a strong person, but I don't think she knows how strong she is. Not yet. Not yet, but she will. She will. Missing from this episode, Andy Dwyer. Again. But we did have Lawrence who told her that the pretzels suck. And through April, many frisbees right yeah so you know trades now imagine that with hot coffee in your hand <laughs> yeah oh man i love i love every time they do a town forum so yeah. Yeah. that lady who yeah. like, my dog ate the feces of another dog at one of your parks and i'm suing you for it yep like, that's that's a real karen move right there <laughs> yeah so <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to speak oh. to your park manager, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Karen's. Uh, All right. So what's next week? Next week is a good episode. Let me pull up the list here because it is fantastic. Uh, my internet is slow. I think it is 
another good one. Uh, <laughs> Kaboomix. Kaboom! Oh man, yes. Speaking of pranks, wow, this is gonna oh, be great. Boom! Oh, uh, you know what? Is Andy that your favorite episode? <laughs> is Kaboom my favorite episode? No, I'm no. sorry. I thought you were gonna say, you know, now now that you mention it, that's my favorite episode. No, but so Kaboom is fine. Okay, it's not the best. I'm just gonna. I mean, I I don't want people to not listen next week. Uh huh. Um, but you know, I, it's not my favorite. But let me let me forward promote beyond kaboom greg pakaitis yes the, the pakaitis episode is so good oh my gosh and then we got ron and tammy we've got the camel oh yes it really starts oh, the hunting it, trip it starts picking up man this it gets yeah i hope we do it justice oh man you know what is surprising to me looking at imdb all right they rate episodes mm-hmm. okay so Pawnee Zoo, 8.0. The Stakeout, 8.2. Beauty Pageant, 7.8. Practice Date, 8.4. Wow. 8.4. Sister City, 7.7. Wow. I don't know why this isn't a 20. This is this and Pachitis. Pachitis is 8.4, which seems seems okay. But yeah, some of the I don't know who's doing these ratings because some of these are way off like tom's divorce is 7.9 and sister city is 7.7 i i just can't sister city and kaboom are same rating i can't who do i talk to at at, is there a family database that i write to i think it's mr db yeah (laughs) the db family yeah i don't know what imdb stands for like i'm i'm i am i am to be to be all right anyway uh so uh there's just so many good good things coming up uh i i just have to not look at the ratings and go with the ratings of my heart there you go <laughs> so, that's oh, I, I john think... ralphio is coming back yeah oh. <laughs> have we, we, we haven't seen him yet have we have we not met john ralphio? No, no 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 oh that's right oh when does this show up oh man um sorry <laughs> sure. wow because I'm totally distracted here, uh, but it's worth it. Um, yeah. Save that energy for the episodes. It's good. The other day, this is another diversion. <laughs> the other day, we were out somewhere with our family doing something. I've, I've been there. And, uh, and I think it was on Saturday. We went on a road trip with. Uh, like a day trip with Kathy's family, like to different spots where they grew up. Mm-hmm. We were in a park. Yes, it was Saturday. We were in a park and we were walking and Kathy kept saying like, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. And then I just yelled out, I want to show you this cool log I found. <laughs> <laughs> and my father-in-law looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> and I was like, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't know how stupid I can be. Yeah. Have you guys seen Avatar? <laughs> oh so good all right we should stop because we were just talking about this episode and not wanting to get into all the other episodes so at least we're staying on topic ish we're talking about parks and recreation which is what this whole thing is all about so that story was in a park so that's good yes and i was recreating so all right well then i will uh let's stop here and uh yeah let's be done so 
was great uh, chatting with you. Yeah, you too. And uh, yeah, have a great one, man. You too. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.